Welcome to MI Focus. I'm Brandon James. It's nice to be with you once again. Episode 5, and it's an interview this week with Ella Johnson, who's a Portage Central senior, and she's 17 years old, but she has been more productive in her life than I ever was at 17 years old. And we're going to share some stories about some neat things she's doing. Not only does she run her own business, uh, but part of the profits from that business go to help those in need in the Kalamazoo community. Uh, It's what I like to call people who were productive during the pandemic and still are, I guess. Um, She's among three people I've met just in the last few months. Um, I'm hoping to get the other two onto one of the podcasts in the future. Uh, Paulie Cohen is a cancer survivor. He got his diagnosis during the pandemic early on last year, and he's a musician and always wanted to record an album. And so uh, during all the the madness and scary times, uh, trying to figure out what was going on with his health, uh, he decided to use some of that downtime to put all of his efforts into his music, and he released an album that's just incredible. And I'm hoping uh, to get him on one of these, too. And then Abigail Jacqua, who is a Western Michigan University student, was sent home during the pandemic. She started her own business and is doing very well with it. Uh, Both of them I hope to get on. But I'm very fortunate today to have Ella Johnson and her mother, Lisa Johnson, here to talk about what they did to be productive during the pandemic and things they continue to do to help their community. So we are joined by 17-year-old Portage Central senior, Ella Johnson, who uh, has a pretty cool story to tell about how she spent much of her junior year, and uh, even before that, probably toward the end of your sophomore year, as we all know the COVID-19 pandemic hit in uh, March, and at least in the United States, and a lot of things changed instantly uh, for everybody. I know I went through it, um, and everybody knows somebody that's got an incredible story, and what we want to share is your story, Ellen. I'm glad you could join us today. Thank you. So um, basically what you did is you decided to take some of the extra time that you have and uh, put your creativity out there and not only make a little money for yourself, but do something special for other people. So why don't you, uh, as we get started, kind of walk me through how it all came to be and uh, where things are, are going from for now. Yeah, I started selling my art and old clothes on a site called Depop, and I soon blew up on there and Pinterest and started selling tons of art and clothes. <laughs> See, I don't know how... So, so you told me you had something that went viral and got... Millions of views. And this this was the part that I just found fascinating. So what happened with that? I posted a video of me making some of my art on Pinterest, and it got tons of views. (laughs) (laughs) And it just seemed organic, too. It wasn't any particular... I didn't mean to do it. It just kind of happened. I (laughs) Nothing better in life than happy accidents, right? (laughs) Yes. So um, the part that fascinates me, too, is that not only do you do this, this... side business, because obviously you're a full-time student, and I'm sure that takes up a lot of your time. And going into your senior year, there's all sorts of things around uh, being a senior besides your regular classes. And we're still in the pandemic, of course. So there's all that. How do you find time to do all this stuff? Do you sleep ever? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, 
manage my time very well. <laughs> you must. You're better than I am because I sometimes wonder, like, how is there enough hours in the day to get stuff done? And I remember my senior year. Maybe school was a little bit different way back then. <laughs> but um, uh, the part that you've told me about, besides that you make uh, the stuff and sell it, is there's a charity side to it. And not only do you use some of the money from that, you actually go – uh, physically in person, you and your mom, who's here, Lisa. Hello Hi. there. Hi. Um, some of the things you find time to do on weekends and other off hours. So why don't you tell us about some of that? Yes. With the profits from my business, I um, feed the local Kalamazoo homeless camp that ranges from 80 to 130 people now. It's too many. Um, yes. And we do snacks, sometimes a home-cooked hot meal, just depending on what we have time for in my sales for that week and um, the donations that we have received. That's incredible. And so what are, I mean, if, I, if I can ask you some tough questions, <laughs> what's, well, we'll start with maybe, we'll do bad news, good news, I guess, type of thing. What's one of the hardest things that you've witnessed in doing that or maybe one of the hardest stories that you've heard? <laughs> I think some of the things that really catch our attention <clears throat> are some of the women who are there very recently and they've clearly come out of abusive situations. Mm. So they show up with just the clothes on their backs, sometimes not even shoes. <clears throat> because they just had to get out. Right, exactly. And so that's been that's been probably the hardest, wouldn't you say? And severe mental illness that is just eating alive at these people. They have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I think, you know, I'm sure you would agree with me that uh, when it comes to homelessness, um, and, and not just people who are homeless, there's a lot of people, there's kind of this black and white, you know, if somebody's homeless, they either didn't try hard enough at life mm -hmm. or they're addicted to drugs. And I, that is the case, I'm sure, with, with some. I mean, it's, yes. it is. But I like the example you brought up. You, know, you don't think about somebody that maybe had to get out of a bad situation. Mm -hmm. And not everybody has a friend or a family member or the resources or any of or any or all of that to to do anything other than to just get out. And it's sad to think that for somebody the better option for them is to live on the street rather yeah. than be in a home where bad things are happening. Right. And, um, and so I, I like that we're kind of talking a little bit about some of these gray area situations where it's not as simple as I lost my job and decided I didn't want to work anymore, or I just, I just don't want to work or something. Cause that usually is what gets tied to it. It's yeah. They're homeless because they don't want to work because of various reasons that usually are their own self-defeating, you know, drugs, alcohol. Right. And again, we do know that that is sadly part of it. There's a, a mix going on. On the other side, though, what are some of the uplifting things that you've seen um, as, as you've given these dinners and, and as you've tried to raise this money to help? We have been working with Dunkin' Donuts recently. And we were able to bring out around 300 donuts to the homeless camp. And some a couple people cried to us because they hadn't had donuts in so long. Aww. It was the first time that they had had anything like that because they live in a homeless camp. <laughs> right. They probably don't get uh, something, you know, to, you know, they're a, not, a have, yummy treat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, you, you know, it's something you take for granted you know, every yes. Friday. Here at the radio station, somebody brings in donuts. Sometimes I don't even have one. I'm like, oh, I, I don't need more sweets. <laughs> I think there is also sometimes the compassion or generosity. You know, 
when we are serving a meal, a lot of times we'll get someone say, hey, I'm going to get this for my friend in the tent next to me because he's struggling with walking. Or can I get one of these? I have a friend who is working right now and we'll be back at the tent later. Can I get a meal for them as well? Like they really, I mean, they're really a community and they really look out for each other. And I think that, you know, when you think about the perception that a lot of people have that they're just take, take, taking so frequently, they only take exactly what they need. They can't carry more than what they need with them. So when we bring out a lot of other things, we try and provide um, just household items, um, first aid stuff, you know, toiletry kits. Um, they really only take what they need and they'll try and identify someone else that they know there that can use it. And they'll say, hey, let me go get to what, you know, whoever so they can try on these shoes and see if they'll fit because I know they need shoes. Right. They'll, so, you know, they'll be like, well, I'm okay, but I know somebody over here right. that, that stays yes. here. And so they're not selfish with each other right yes and um they're they're trying to to help each other out the best exactly i'm sure that you have to you know in a in a situation like that um you probably have no choice to but to to come together as a group and i'm sure a lot of them um encourage each other to to try to get out of that and Mm -hmm. you know i'm I'm sure there's success stories i wouldn't be surprised and, and maybe you know of some where somebody was able to to get their life back together and get out of it. And then they use those experiences to either go back and help some of the people who are still there or maybe help do some of these um, these meals and, and things right. like that. Do you know some people like that? There, when we first started um, doing some of the meals, there was a gentleman that was always leaving when we arrived. And he was wearing his, <clears throat> his work polo and he was going to work every single time. And he was so sweet. And the circumstances got the best of him and he lost his housing. And... Then one day he wasn't there anymore. And you kind of have to feel like that's because of the best situation. Like he finally had enough money to get housing or to share an apartment with someone or to, you know, to, to move on. And that's like the moment where like, we don't see him and it's for a good reason. We feel like we could celebrate that. That's awesome. So who are some of the people that you work with? Um, do you guys just do this on your own or is, is there other organizations um, that you work with in the Kalamazoo area that, that do this kind of stuff? So we do it on our own, but you know, we're, we have a lot of help. When we sign up to serve the meals, um, the Kalamazoo Coalition for the Homeless, which are just volunteers in the area, have a meal train. And so people sign up so that they don't get, you know, two meals one day and no meals the next day. Um, and not to say that they get a meal every day because sometimes people just can't do it. But the volunteers are amazing. Um, you know, if, if there's no one able to help us in any given week when we're serving, we will do it ourselves. But we kind of put out the message on Facebook and Ella on her social media. And people are so unbelievably generous. Like, we get donations, sometimes money, sometimes we'll come home and there'll be a case of water and a, you know, box of granola bars on our front porch. And we know what it's for. <laughs> Somebody you know? stopped by. Yes, and, like, and hey. because they know. So our friends and our family have just been so amazing and supporting, you know, just, I guess, our passion for this. Has there been anybody that's given you a hard time about it? And maybe it made you uncomfortable and you've had to say, look, you don't see it in first person. You don't see. Many people just don't understand why, what causes homelessness and how you actually end up to that point in life. They do think that it's black and white and that they just didn't try hard enough to get. And now they're <laughs> now they're homeless. Um, I think usually when we get some of those comments, we kind of feel like it's an opportunity to use it as a teaching i like that teaching moment yes. yes it's easy to get mad <laughs> mm-hmm. and we see it every day i mean mm-hmm. you know doing what i do here you know we have a comment section on our our pages <laughs> and that's where all the experts live right right <laughs> you know? yep, right exactly and not just with this issue but with everything and you know it's 
you understand it. It's it's a hard time. I think everybody's uh, senses are heightened, and and including emotions. And, uh, you know, in in some ways, I guess it could be a good thing. Some good could come out of that. But unfortunately, you do see a lot of ugliness. And again, it's because a lot of people have their opinions sometimes don't want to take the time to really look at the facts. And of course, we've seen that with the pandemic. We've seen it with with a lot of other things, but with an issue like this too, like we were talking about earlier, it's just a lot of assumptions about how somebody ends up without anything. Right. And yeah. and again, it's it's not to say that there aren't people who probably make it bad for the rest yeah, of them. Yeah, there are always people who you're do gonna the hear, wrong, who yeah. take over the spotlight of everyone who does the good. And those but, are the people you're going to hear about. Yeah. It's, it's just like with yeah. anything else. It's, you know, there's 90, there's 100 people and 99 of them are doing good things, but all it takes is one. And you're going to hear about the one bad one. <laughs> yeah, and that that's what's going to live in, in somebody's memory. Yep. Um, But in the, that's why I think it's fascinating. And, you know, when I heard your story and, you know, at first I wasn't sure, you know, I just was like, okay, there's this high school student. She makes these cool things <laughs> and she sells them and then they donate some of the money. And it was like, it's a cool story. And it wasn't until I met the two of you that I realized that you actually get right in there in person into these communities and, and, and talk to these people and, and hear their stories. They've got no reason to lie to you. No, no, no definitely not. <laughs> and, I, you know, I would say... So many times people want to help, but they don't know how. And so, or they don't have time or whatever the situation may be. And so our just, when we make ourselves, I guess, available, Mm -hmm. people are willing to do what they can. When we put out an all call for sleeping bags not too long ago, we got sleeping bags from all over the state. People just said, hey, I'm cleaning out a basement. I can give you sleeping bags. I think people are willing to do it. They just wouldn't know where to begin themselves. And so I'm so, I just, I can't say it enough. Our friends and family have just been so amazing. And whenever we say we need something, they do their best to find it. And so when did this all start? Um, I know you'd said it was December 2020. Yeah. So just about eight months ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's amazing how much it's grown. I want to let, before we finish it up in a couple of minutes, I want you to be able to put out the information of where people can go uh, for for any of these things, for the the products that you make. Ella, and um, also if, if people have items that they can donate for when you go there to do these events. So um, we'll give you an opportunity for that. But um, I, uh, I and you were telling me some of the creative things, like you'll go to stores, you know, like B&G Discount or something oh, like yes. that, where you can get a lot of things in bulk. And I think you had said some of the people there have helped. Uh, they know what you're doing. Well, we always and try and tell people. You've got people, a reputation yeah, kind of yeah, developing. Yes. For we tell people when do. we're checking out because it gives them an opportunity. Some businesses really want to help. So sometimes when we're checking out with stuff, we'll say, hey, we're doing this for the homeless camp, and sometimes we'll get a discount. Sometimes it doesn't matter. They'll just say, good job, and, you know, that's great. It's just, you know, we're trying to stretch every dollar we can as far as we can. Sure. So any opportunity to get a discount on something just means that's one more person we can probably help down the, down the line. So, you know, like this being blessed with the Dunkin' Donuts last time, I mean, we didn't have to – like buy dessert for that night. And it was so much fun because we could be like, there's, you know, pick all the donuts you want. You can literally have as many as you want. Like, <laughs> when does that happen? So anytime in that situation, B&G has been kind and they've given us discounts several times. That's awesome. So um, why don't you go ahead and tell us uh, some of the, the sites and, and places people can go uh, to, to check out. So it, It's not just that you do this stuff. I have seen the stuff you make, and it's incredible how talented you are. <laughs> Thank you. Your, I shouldn't say at your age. I mean, there's a lot of young people <laughs> that do incredible things, but um, it's, it's pretty impressive 
uh, some of the neat stuff that you've got available for, for people to buy. Thank you. <laughs> um, you can find links to almost everything that we do. Uh, links to my art, links to news articles, links to uh, payment options to help send donations on my link tree, which is just my name, Ella Johnson, linktree.com slash Ella Johnson. Couldn't be an easier name <laughs> yep. to find. <laughs> yep. E-L-L-A Johnson. <laughs> links for everything there. Awesome. Um, I can add the link for the Kalamazoo Coalition for the Homeless so you can see if you would like to help sign up and feed the camp or find other people that need help. I will add that link there. Um, I think there's if if there's other things that anyone wants to do directly and not have because I mean, we'll always take donations, but there's also the um, Kalamazoo Mobile Closet. You can okay. find them on Facebook as well. They're working very hard to get out, not just to the, the encampment, but kind of towards the gospel mission, some of the other places where people tend to congregate to provide clothing, whether it's shoes, socks, underwear, um, trying to put together like whole outfits. We've had situations where people have said, hey, I actually have a job interview and I don't want to, you know, I want to present myself in a way that they would hire me. And so there's the, they're really working very hard. It's just a couple people. They literally have their garages full and they get a little overwhelmed, but they put it together and they get out there a couple times a week. So that is exceptionally helpful. Well, and I, I know we're, you know, in a few months, we're going to be getting to a time of year where yep. it's going to be a much harder uh, for people who don't have a roof over their head. Mm-hmm. And we get into the winter, winter months. Winter is a rough one. Yeah. yeah. And um, so probably this time of year, I would think it's all the more important that some of these items get checked off the list for these people so that they at least have a better shot to survive some cold temperatures. Absolutely. And we're going to be doing a blanket drive probably in the next uh, month or so to start gathering them for the winter. I mean, you know, you have to consider the bigger challenges for them as well as when everything gets wet, they don't have the means to get them washed and dried and reuse them. So unfortunately, a lot of things become disposable. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes you feel like you're replacing the same things over and over again through no fault of their own. They're kept being flooding through the summer and once it gets to be winter, if things get wet, you know, we need to keep on replacing the things that will keep them warm and dry. Absolutely. Like socks. Socks. <laughs> For cold, cold, wet socks. Those are just going to make your day miserable. Oh, it is. I, well, one of my hobbies, I like to do it. One of my only outdoor hobbies in the winter is ice fishing. And all it takes is about 10 minutes walking mm-hmm. on snow and ice. Yep. And I'll even use a plastic, like plastic bags between my socks and my right. boots. They're living it, on it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And yeah. they're living on that, you know, all day, several days, weeks. You know, I'm out there for an hour right. and already yeah. really uncomfortable. And so it's hard to think about somebody living for months like that, waiting for spring. Right. Or go know. to the extreme opposite in the summer. We were out there. When we stand out Too there for hot. the hour, we are dripping sweat by the time our hour is up just out there. Like, yeah. I, the tents have to be like saunas. Right? I, there was, um, when we were out there last week um, serving dinner, it was about 92 degrees. And one of the guys said no one had brought them water in two days. So our, the water, the cases of water we had went so quickly. We had them, you know, iced and everything. We were their first drink in days. In days. Mm. And you figure it's 90 degrees for days on end. Like, you know, I just don't know how people are doing it. I don't either. And it's, it's again, it, when you see the reality of it and when you hear some of these stories, you know, I just, I, I would hope for someone out there that, you know, maybe for whatever reason this, this makes them upset, you know. Not this. I mean, I don't okay. think what you're doing w- would upset anyone. I'm sure there's somebody out there that's still got that, oh, why don't they just get a job or why did they, you know, why don't they do it? It's again, it's so it's, it's, it's a complicated problem. It's, it's hard in a, in a community like this where it seems like it's getting worse. Right. And we know that there's a lot of things that go into solving this problem, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, you know, every community has a problem like this to a certain point. 
and it's just it's it's hard for some people to make it life you know life is unpredictable the pandemic does not help and the (laughs) yes the pandemic hasn't helped and and now we're we're hearing that you know some moratoriums are expiring you know Mm -hmm. people aren't getting extended benefits and and there's a discussion to have about that how long do you let things go like that but at the end of the day you know, people are, life happens the way it does. And sometimes things are, sometimes you're unlucky. Sometimes despite all your best efforts, things just don't go well. Or like you Uh said, somebody's in a relationship and they have to get out and they don't have any family in the area. Yeah. Maybe their family lives somewhere else, you know, in California and they can't get out there. Or maybe they can be found if they stay at their parents' house. Because, you know, sometimes even once once you put in the protection order and things, you you know, you you can still be found. You have to yeah, I changed you have your to hide. identity. You have to hide. I, yeah, <laughs> my mom um, had a friend uh, when I was very young who had to get out of a relationship, and I mean, this was this was back before there was so much technology where you could track somebody down. This guy somehow was always able to find mm-hmm. her, and she ended up mm-hmm. moving several states away. And the guy still to this day, this is like thirty five years later, is still trying to track her down right. and make her life hell. Yep. And so it's, again, there, there's a lot of different stories. I'm sure there's so many more that, that you've heard that you could share with so us. Yeah. But um, I think it's it's awesome what the two of you are doing and your families. And I guess before we end it, what what is your, uh, as you look ahead in your life, you're going into your senior year and then, you know, after this year, uh college and you know what do you what do you look to do as you enter your young adult life i plan to open a storefront of my business in petoskey and find some other way to help the community there's always opportunities there's a women's resource center there. yes and find be some to way to give back well. to my community um while running my store still and going to college and going to college right. so it's, it doesn't get cold enough here you want to move up to northern michigan oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's awesome, and I wish you the best of luck. And, uh, again, um, you mentioned that uh, people can look up your name. What is the site again? Linktree. Linktree. Yes. Okay, and so if you haven't heard of that, is it just linktree.com? Linktree.com. Okay. Slash Ella Johnson. All right, and uh, you can look at some of the things. Uh, You have a Pinterest. If people are on Pinterest, they can also look you up by name. Yes. And find some of the products. And uh, otherwise, what would be the best way if somebody wanted to donate items? for for some of the drives find me on any social media okay and message me okay and then just you can, search my name and i'm guessing i will come up can set up a good a meetup a <laughs> yes. neutral yes. thing something that's safe yep. for everybody yes. on yep. both sides that's terrific lisa johnson ella johnson uh portage central a senior how's the senior year going so far great yeah it's wonderful Despite all the stuff we're hearing about people being angry and everything's going okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm online. I love it. So we are very fortunate because Portage provides an amazing virtual option. Yeah. So, you know, Ella's still at home and she, you know, get, get to her artwork much quicker, get to her business much quicker when she's That's done true. with school. And it's like she, right in the other room. Yeah. Her experience has been great. I mean, the, the school experience has been phenomenal for her with, with their online pro- program. I hope the rest of your senior year goes well, and uh, I wish you lots of luck as uh, you continue to try to help people in the community. And and both of you, thank you so much. Thank Thank you. you.